we've decided, okay, we, we know what role you're going to be targeting, but what do you want out of life? Because the, the whole idea of a remote job is you're building a, a, a lifestyle and work becomes a part of that, but lifestyle becomes the reason why you do the work that you do. You want to live it like, because if you want to live in Mexico, for instance, like I do, you're going to have a different strategy of finding a job than if you were to work in rural Arkansas. And that's fine. You want to work from home with your dog, right? Um, So I think figuring out that ideal lifestyle first and then identifying the companies that support that lifestyle is very important. So that you're not just applying to positions at companies where you're going to have to go through a process of convincing them why you should go to be able to go to Mexico and do it. No, 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 no. Go after the targets that allow you to live the lifestyle and allow you to work the role that you want to work. So cutting out a lot of that other noise is important. Welcome to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast, the show where we discuss what it takes to create a sustainable long-term online business in today's fast-moving environment. We talk with industry experts and freelancers alike to find out what it takes to build and manage a location-independent business. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. This is the first video interview. Welcome, Jordan. Thanks, Adam. I hope I, I look pretty enough today. You look like it's warm where you are. Where I am, it's not. <laughs> so, um, Jordan, you run uh, your business is jordanscarroll.com and you do sp- a bit of speaking, uh, coaching, mentoring, and you are known for being the remote job coach. So can you tell us a little bit about kind of what it is that you do and how you got started? Sure. Yeah, the remotejobcoach.com is is actually probably where I'd point more people to because it's the most important brand that I uh, that I run. And essentially, I help people find remote work. I specifically focus on people that are high performers that have typically worked in an office environment, but they've realized with all the opportunity we have now, you know, you can work remotely. And there's a lot of people that are getting dragged back to the office because the pandemic has subsided in some ways. And they're not happy about that. You know, there's some companies that are going to get left behind because they're not adapting. So I noticed this this trend of remote work many years ago. I've been working remote for uh, about seven years. And it's been the one thing throughout my life as a constant that's helped me develop my self-awareness, my passion for my health, my business itself, and the, the freedom to live wherever I want to live. As you said, it's sunny here. I live in Mexico. I, I don't do winters anymore. Uh, and that's a, that's a choice, right? So I think the main thing is finding something that gives you the choice that you want. I don't advocate that people do what I do. I advocate that people do what they want to do. It's um, very relative. I watched a couple of your YouTube videos before this call, you know, just to get a good grasp on who you are and the sort of stuff that you're doing and the content that you're putting out there. And in one of the videos, you know, you definitely hit on um, intentional remote living, which is, you know, like you're choosing where you're living and depending on where you are on your life journey, you're going to have different choices. You know, like, I mean, I have a young child. I have to factor in school. You know, different people will have different approaches. This is obviously... It's been the best year ever for remote work, but the worst year ever for traveling. <laughs> so, you know, it's like kind of got that catch 22, but the, it took the world forward, I think, 10 years in terms of companies being open to having remote employees. But I think with that, there's also a bit of a flip side in that it's now more competitive to get remote jobs because the world is opening up to hire more. So 
you know, when you were doing the remote um, the remote job coach, what are the sort of things that you think people should begin with when they're trying to get themselves prepared for getting a remote job? One of the main things I focus on with people at the beginning is their mindset. And a lot of the people I talk to have been applying to remote jobs and not hearing anything back or, or having trouble finding the right types of positions. It's first that self-awareness aspect of knowing that remote is something you want, really want to pursue and that you can commit to that. If you get past that part, then just the belief that it's possible is, is a huge shift of mind for a lot of people. A lot of people carry misconceptions about remote work and if it's possible for them, that'll, that'll bleed through your, uh, you know, your job search. And not a lot of people want to talk about that because it sounds kind of woo woo or it doesn't sound like very practical, but if you believe or don't believe you can do something, then you're right. So first getting that right, getting that correct with the mindset is is the most important place to start, in my opinion. Of course. I mean, like the inner game is so important in, in, in many aspects, you know, in terms of your relationships uh, as well and your wealth and financial and money. And as obviously your worth in terms of how you think of yourself and your value that you can bring to a company and whether you believe that you belong in like a big company like a Zapier or a, or a Facebook or whatever, or if you think that, oh, I'm not good enough to get in there, those people are going to be way smarter than me. So having that confidence and resilience when you're applying for these jobs will make you stand out. It's an interesting one because I work remote and I work for Shopify Plus and I got found on LinkedIn. I got headhunted. So to me, that was quite unique because I didn't, even when the recruiter reached out to me, I didn't even think that it was serious at first. You know, I thought it was like somebody was taking a hand and then I did a call with the guy and then I was like, oh, this is legit. This person really wants to talk. And it was the right place, the right time in my life to take on a job like that. And it was remote and it was, I mean, this is nearly four years ago now. I feel that LinkedIn is a huge potential marketplace for people in terms of job hunting, but also to be headhunted. I know numerous people who've been picked up on LinkedIn and I'd like to kind of dig into that a little bit for you because I know you have some content around how to optimize your LinkedIn profile. For me personally, it was just, I made it look lived in and I kept it up to date. I wasn't anything special. I wasn't on there doing videos every day. I didn't even have this podcast back then. I just made it look lived in, kept it up to date. I shared things regularly. Like it looked like a, I had a lived in account and, you know, it spoke to the topics and the services that I was offering at the time, which was web design, SEO, Facebook ads. I was kind of doing like all rounder digital marketing services for local businesses here in Ireland and in the UK. That was primarily what I was doing at that time and serving e-commerce merchants. And we won a couple of awards. And then I guess somebody at Shopify who was a recruiter was looking for people in Ireland picked up on that and here I am still working for them years later I love it Shopify are an amazing company to work for and it's well at the time it was probably about 50-50 remote maybe 40-60 and now it's full like there's no all the offices are closed everybody is uh, everybody's remote whether you know for some people I don't know like if you've ever been in the Shopify offices in Canada and like they're amazing like if you're going to work somewhere and live in Toronto or something or Ottawa like they are bloody good. For us, it's different. Like, you know, I'm working from home. I'm working from my home office and that's just how it's been for me all along. But I think the pandemic would definitely 
you know, if you're used to having a job and you got to go in office and it was a really cool office, like, you know, I'm here once again in Ireland and some of the people I know work for uh, Google and Facebook and places like that up in Dublin, in like basically in one area, you have all these different companies, LinkedIn, DocuSign, like all of them. And but now they're all open to hire and remote, whereas prior to this, it was almost always you had to move to Dublin. You have to pay the high rent. Some people want to get that sort of stuff on their CV. And it's kind of clout too. If you're applying for a remote job and you say, oh, I worked at Google for a year. I worked at Facebook in their ads for two years. You're pretty set then when you go about selling your services, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think uh, when you look at just, I mean, just like your company, like you said, Shopify going fully remote and all the different larger companies that are making that announcement, I think the companies that don't do it are going to lose out seriously on some great talent. They're not going to be able to keep their people. You go back to what you said about LinkedIn. I think there's a natural progression with the people that I work with that once you go from the mindset of accepting that you're not going to settle for anything less than a flexible working situation, then it becomes, well, what, what are we targeting? What, what's the role and it sounds like what you did a good job of was being very clear of what you were good at, being very clear, you know, becoming search what we call searchable on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a search engine for recruiters. LinkedIn is LinkedIn is so many things, right? LinkedIn is a place, uh, is a job board. You can find jobs on LinkedIn, remote jobs. LinkedIn is a networking platform where you can find the people hiring for the jobs. You can find people on the teams. LinkedIn is your own personal landing page. It's not a resume. It's an active, living, dynamic page that tracks not only the the experience and things that you've done, but can host the achievements that you've won, can put pictures of yourself, can can comment on other people. Like it's just such a robust platform for your professional life that it has to be something that you focus on in your strategy. Because if you don't, companies will look for you on there. And if everything else is equal with you and another candidate, and, and your LinkedIn is not as good as theirs and they've put themselves out there and they've built, quote unquote, a personal brand in some way, they're probably going to get the job. And there's also a likability factor and there's other things, but you really want to understand how that impacts what you look like to a company. LinkedIn is not for you. LinkedIn is actually for your audience. You want to be creating a profile that when someone who's in your target audience, maybe an employer who maybe would hire you, they are seeing what they need to see to make a decision on whether or not they would hire you or not. And even to take you into the interview processes, like some of these big companies that are hiring remote, even getting an interview, you know what I mean? It's tough because it's competitive now to get into some of these roles. And like you're saying, having your LinkedIn profile optimized, I like how you touched on how, like thinking of it like a personal brand. I've always wondered like if having like, a couple articles on Medium or a couple, even your own little blog or your own little website, even if you're just doing service businesses, just to kind of showcase that you are proactive and you're putting yourself out there and that you are somebody who's tech savvy and you're, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're able to create your own di- digital media. I, I think it really does make you stand out. Absolutely. And you'll find that a lot of these companies too will ask you to do a video of why you want to work for them or what you really like about the company. And some people can be really awkward about that. But I think, that, you know, just getting comfortable in those situations is, is is important and that can really help you. They want to know who you are. Like the worst thing a company can do is hire the wrong person. That sets them back time. It sets them back money. 
So the more that you put yourself out there in a way that they can see who you are and begin to trust who you are before even getting on that interview. For instance, if you've got a couple of videos out there, you've got articles out there, you can link all those to your LinkedIn, right? There's a place, a featured area where you can link those specific things. There's experience area where you can link your blog. Uh, you know, if you put those things front and center to you, they're going to have a better understanding of who you are prior to that conversation. And it may be a conversation piece. They may bring it up. And then all of a sudden you've got a huge advantage because they are appreciating something that, that you've done. Like it's just, it's selling yourself, isn't it? Like kind of prior to it, because that's what you have to do. You want to land a remote job at any company. Ultimately, it's going to come down to a sales situation where you're selling yourself and your services and your enthusiasm and competence in exchange for a job that allows you to be flexible and have a remote living. And it's all online. There's no ability to go into the office and win them over with your compassion. You're not going to a career fair where you can walk up to people and give them your resume directly. That's why the remote aspect of it is so important because what you build online becomes your legacy. It becomes who people see. Who you are online is just as much as who you are in person these days. Like it's it's the truth. No, it is. And I think as well from the recruiter's perspective, it must be tough for them because you know, when you get to see people in person, you can kind of, you know, you get a, a better sense of the people. And if you bring them in a couple of times, it's probably very difficult to interview people online to try and make good judgments because like ultimately that's what they're just trying to do, you know, like uh, find the right person for the right role at the right time. And it's probably very hard. And that's where when you kind of support your application with here's my accolades, here's my achievements, here's the things that I've done online. Here are, you know, I, I regularly share content related to the role or related to the topics that we are, you know, you're potentially going to hire me for that that could just make you stand out and make you a, a better looking candidate overall. To kind of follow on from that. So if you were working with somebody and they were looking for a remote job and they set up and optimized their LinkedIn, like, do you believe that they should be doing cold outreach to these companies based on the sort of people who they find on their LinkedIn? Like, how would that work in terms of if I wanted a new a remote job or a new remote job, what would kind of be this process to get me to an interview, do you feel? Yeah. And if we, we back that up for one moment, first, it's, it's understanding what you want out of a job. Like we've decided, okay, we, we know what role you're going to be targeting, but what do you want out of life? Because the, the whole idea of a remote job is you're building a lifestyle and work becomes a part of that, but lifestyle becomes the reason why you do the work that you do. You want to live it. Like, cause if you want to live in Mexico, for instance, like I do, you're going to have a different strategy of tr- finding a job than if you were to work in rural Arkansas and that's fine. You want to work from home with your dog, right? So I think figuring out that ideal lifestyle first and then identifying the companies that support that lifestyle is very important so that you're not just applying to positions at companies where you're going to have to go through a process of convincing them why you should go to be able to go to Mexico and do it. No, 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 no. Go after the targets that allow you to live the lifestyle and allow you to work the role that you want to work. So cutting out a lot of that other noise is important. Where my mind goes when you say that is, can you do that as an employee or would you have to be an individual contractor? Because for tax and legal purposes, you would need to be a tax resident of a specific country. If that company didn't have a legal entity in, let's say, Mexico, that you would need to be responsible for your own taxes. And therefore, you wouldn't be an employee and get the typical 
health benefits or you know whatever sort of stuff they have in, in America 401 and all this sort of jazz like just for instance in Ireland if I was to do that like live a couple of months here there and everywhere I would probably need to be an individual contractor and you know do my own taxes because you wouldn't be a tax resident so can you just kind of speak to that a little bit like from your experience disclaimer first I am in no way a professional in taxes and financial services. So please always consult someone uh, who is an expert before relying on advice on a podcast like this. Now, having said that, I'll talk about my experience. There are companies out there who go through third-party organizations that do establish those official headquarters so that they can hire people fully remote as an employee. Now, depending on your own certain circumstance, you may find that there are advantages to being a contractor, to being a freelancer, to working with these companies in that way. And depending on where you're from and depending on what your goal is, that may be necessary to be able to travel or to be able to be in other countries, 100%. So as you you mentioned, Adam, there are legal reasons why some companies will not hire people. And 95% of remote jobs, based on data that I had received from FlexJobs, 95% have some sort of regional restriction. It could be country, could be state, could be whatever, time zone. So always be considerate of what those restrictions are and who are the companies that are fully distributed. GitLab, for instance, Zapier, for instance, are 100% remote distributed. They hire people from all over the world. They're part of that 5% club of companies that do that. Now, Again, based on the ideal lifestyle, that's going to determine what kind of companies you might target. But you may also have some flexibility with, hey, you know, if I want to work remotely and do this, I might be willing to be a contractor for this type of company, but not this type of company. So you just need to know your boundaries and have those things established before you even start searching. Yeah, it kind of goes back to knowing what you want up up front. And committing. And committing, yeah, but before you go looking for it. But it is true. And like you say, everybody's different. Like depending on where you're located, depending on where the company is located, there's going to be all sorts of nuances. But I do think that it's, I have seen it come up where, you know, you would have to live in a certain country for a certain amount of time in a year to uh, be an employee of that company. But a lot of these companies are actually quite happy to have you as a contractor because it costs them less. Because you manage your own taxes, you know, you, you don't get the benefits and the perks of a typical contract, let's say, but you might make a little bit more money. I wouldn't always make that assumption. I do. I have had clients who've landed offers to work contract basis full time with benefits. It, it, there are ways to do that. So it is possible, but I agree with you, Adam. If you are working in a contract position, you may not expect that as the norm. Fair enough. Of course, there will be exceptions to the rule depending on on the companies and you would see a lot more into it. So can you tell me a little bit more? You mentioned about FlexJobs and I seen you had a video about that as well. So like, what is FlexJobs? How does it work? And, um, you know, how is it beneficial for people who are looking for a remote job? Yeah. So FlexJobs is a marketplace of jobs and companies that hire remote. So it's a, it's a job board, but it's, it's a paid job board. So you pay a certain amount each month or year or however it is, they have a bunch of different pricing options. It's pretty cheap too. You can get it for like 50 bucks a year and they are always running discounts. So you can go on there and I do have a video, as you said, maybe you can link that because it's got a review and it kind of shows you the platform before you sign up basically. But it's a good place to go and like have a look 
at the sort of jobs and everything else. And if you're serious about it, filtering and, and have a look at what sort of stuff is available, because I guess, you know, looking for a remote job in a company is very different than trying to land a freelance gig. It's a different approach, a different mentality and a different strategy. You're not chasing clients. You're looking for one person to take you on full time, ideally, and, you know, give you that long term commitment. And they want you to be long term working with them as a company as well to develop and grow. So um, there's kind of two other things I want to touch on. One of them might be random. All right. I seen in one of your videos, you quit drinking for two years. I don't know if it's still going or not, but uh, interesting one in terms of like having lifestyle choices and everything else. I'm 15 months off it myself. Not for any particular reason. I just kind of woke up hung over one day. I was like, oh, this feels rank. And then that, that was, I was like, I'm maybe not going to do this for a month. And then a month turned into a year. And then somebody said to me, uh, one year, no beer. And I was like, gosh, oh, I'll do that. Now I'm just like, oh my good God, I'm nearly afraid of a hangover. I wouldn't go near it. <laughs> I, that's crazy, right? I have the same fear. I have like nightmares about it. I see other people I know with that they've been drinking all day and I'm like, oh, I feel so bad for you right now. Oh yeah, you're going to you're gonna be sore tomorrow. But I just kind of wanted to, in terms of with regards to your work and your lifestyle and your ha- and your health and your happiness, like, do you feel it's had a you know a lasting positive effect? Oh, for sure. I mean, it, yeah, it's been since August two thousand eighteen because it's been over two years. So I've drank a lot in my life. I've drank enough for two lifetimes. I'm sure. In college, I went to a, a school that was quite party friendly and. I, I didn't drink a ton in high school. So for me, college became like, let it loose and do all the things that you were wanting to do in high school, but you weren't cool enough to do. And I noticed after some time that I had some substance abuse issues. You know, I, I have no judgment for anybody who chooses to drink alcohol. Like, do your thing. I'm the last person that should judge anyone based on my previous behavior. So I take my judgment out of it, but I look at what is good for my life and my lifestyle And there was nothing positive that came out of drinking, even just one drink, which was always harder than having 10. So if I was going to have a difficult time just having one, then why have any at all? And I noticed that if I were to drink, every part of my life would get worse. I would spend more money because I would be buying drinks. I would stay up later because I'd be out with people as far as food. I'd be eating, you know, shit food, middle of the night, drunkies. The day after with the hangover, tired, can't really work well, not productive, and eat hangover food, spend more money. Every single, like, arguments in relationships, saying shit that I didn't mean, doing things I didn't want to do, like that I wouldn't do sober. And I was just like, wait, am I actually just as fun sober? And I was like, yeah, I am. I actually did one year no beer as well. So that was my first start was 30 days sober. Let me just try it out. I had this feeling it was done, but I just, that's all I wanted to commit to at the time. Similar to you, I woke up super hungover, like a three day hangover from a bachelor, a friend's bachelor party. And I was just like, why am I still doing this? And I quit that day. It was just, it was a light bulb. And I started with 30 days and I was like, yeah, this is, this is done. I went to 90 days with the program I didn't even get to 45, 50. I stopped even checking it. I was like, I'm, I'm good. Like, I don't need any help. I, th- I've made my decision. It's fine. And hey, I might have a beer drink at some point in my life. Maybe on my deathbed or something, I'll be like, give me a shot, you know, whatever. But at this point, it doesn't make sense to me. So I just thought it was an interesting uh, thing because it's not very normal. And, you know, no more than it's probably been easier this year than any other year because everywhere is bloody closed in, in Ireland harder in some ways too. Oh, 
people that are only at home, they're like, what else can I do but just drink? I know people who are getting, yeah, exactly. Drinking, ordering cases of wine online, you know, like for me, it was very similar to what you said. The biggest one was uh, deep sleep on on the Fitbit. I noticed I was basically getting none. And even if I just had one glass of wine, I didn't like that. And just the productivity, like I'm trying to do a lot of things. Like I have a remote job. I have a number of businesses. Got a kid, got a, got a whole, like don't have time to be hungover, man. No, I'm having ice baths instead. <laughs> That's my torture. <laughs> I have an ice bath out the back. So if ever you feel the itch, you just jump in the ice bath. It'll take the wind right out of yourself. <laughs> but you feel it better when you get out. So not, not, wor- not worse, which is the, the best part. Absolutely. And just kind of one other thing I did uh, want to kind of touch on was, um, you know, you, you you create a lot of content, man. Like you're very active with YouTube. I, I like your stuff. You've got a great catalog of content. How do you feel that that has helped you? And also, you know, how are you finding remaining consistent with creating the content and all of the YouTube? Because it, I think that's one of the hardest parts is just being consistent and keeping putting yourself out there. Yeah. You know, and there's, I don't know if there's really a secret behind all that stuff other than just deciding that it's important to you. As far as, far as the results, I mean, the results are tenfold. I've gotten clients, I've gotten podcasts, speaking gigs, opportunities I never would have knew would have existed by just putting myself out there and attracting the types of people into my life that I would want to be in my life. That's the big part of creating content for me and, and living my life in public is what I like to call it. I, I basically live my life in public. I talk about things that I'm going through. I post content about not only where I live and what I'm doing, but what I you know, do with coaching and my businesses. So what I've noticed from that is people enjoy the authenticity. People crave that. People crave the understanding of others uh, and it, it gives them a window into themselves. So when I can create relatable content that people see and say, oh, I see myself in that, they reach out to me. I mean, that alcohol article and video that I did, I got hundreds of messages from that in one day, in one day. Because everybody who drinks know that they shouldn't drink or that they're a prick when they drink. <laughs> yeah, this is my story. I still get emails. I got an email like two weeks ago from that video and I posted that video years ago. So you, you find these things that when you talk about them, other people want to talk about them, but maybe they they don't feel like they can because of their job or because they're shy or whatever reason. So I create so that I can bring those people to me. And now I'll say that the ultimate benefit is that if I ever needed a job, if I ever decided not to run my business anymore, if I ever decided anything that I wanted to pivot or change, I could drop everything and I just look in my network or just ask and I would have a job within a week guaranteed. But that's been the result of creating for years to, to get there. And now people feel like they know me. I, I talk to people all the time online, you know, yourself included, who's like, I saw these videos and blah, blah, blah. They'll say something like that. And again, it makes them feel like they know you before that. So they trust you. And and that's something to be conscious of and also not take for granted, but to use as something to, as a bridge. Yeah, absolutely. As a bridge to connect with people and to kind of pull down the barriers and the wall. And uh, yeah, I, I like it. You know, you're kind. It's not all how-to informational. It, it is the mix. It's it's the here's the highs, here's the lows, here's all the bits in between. But it all kind of has a an overarching theme of remote work, which is you know why the remote job coach is doing so well, and why you know you you've built a successful business around it. And I do agree with what you say as well. Like being the creator and not just a consumer is important because. 
things come your way out of nowhere. Like you put things out. This is, I'm forever amazed at this stuff. You know, it get a bit woo woo again. But like when you put stuff out to the internet and out to the ether of the universe, for lack of a better word, you don't know where, where some of that's going to land. Like I, you know, even I have some affiliate sites, man, and I'm like. You know, you're making sales from people and God knows where. You don't know the person. You don't do anything. They're super niche and they're just out there in the ether. God knows who some, you know, just doing things off out in the web. And I just love it. And it's the same with even this, like opportunities come, speaking gigs, exactly like you're saying from the podcast. Uh, Do you want to be featured in this article? Do you want to come on this show? Do you want to speak at this event? Events, not so much at the minute, but virtual events, people look for you to come, you know, like it's changed and you can be an expert there. And I guess that's another great thing about having a remote job at a company like Shopify is like before the pandemic, I used to go and speak and represent Shopify at events. And that was a skill that I wanted to learn and develop. And I got to do it through the job that I had got that was a remote job. And now similar, uh, there are virtual events with like agencies and with plus partners and stuff like that, that I can step into and, you know, develop and grow my skills that I then transfer, you know, it's transferable skills. And then I do it in my own stuff outside of Shopify as well. So you're doing them both at the same time. It's all skills I want to develop and learn. So it's great that, you know, if you can land a job or in a position where you're learning skills that you also want to use outside of your role, that's the dream there, isn't it? Like <laughs> The holy grail, man. That's the holy grail. Absolutely. For a lot of different people, that type of effort will create different things. It'll, it'll create opportunity. And the thing is, is you never know how. You never need to know how. You're going to be able to do things. You just need to take action. And, and through taking action, you're going to find things. Some things make sense. Some things don't. And you stop, start, stop, start, you know, iterate, pivot. And within that action, you're going to find the things that are actually important to you. And you know, living my life in public has been important to me because it's been the thing that's allowed me to move forward with my life after you know, drinking, you know, stopping drinking, for instance, by putting that in the public. I was able to process the motions around that and, and the shame and like all the different things that I felt and just say, oh, okay, like I've externalized it. I'm, I'm good now. It's like therapy. Kind of like therapy, but out there for everyone to read <laughs> and watch the videos. <laughs> There's just kind of one other thing I want to touch on just before we finish up. And that is, you know, I noticed that you are on the Forbes Coaches Council. I just like to know a little bit more about what that means because you know, Forbes is a is a such a prestigious brand. Everybody would know about Forbes. What does it mean to be on a coach's council? You know, what kind of standard does that hold you to as a coach? Yeah, they have a certain amount of experience requirements and an application process that you go through, which helps if you're referred. I was actually referred by someone else that I know who's a coach who I've worked with before. And he knew that it was a goal of mine to to make it there. And he was already a part of the group. So he referred me to the application process. And I went through that. I answered their questions. I had a phone interview and had to go through confirming that those facts were true with them and income requirement. You know, there's different things that, that they required at the time that I did it. So, But it's good that they are diligent about that. You can't just say, oh yeah, I made a million quid online. I can be a coach. It's like, you haven't done anything, man. Prove it. (laughs) You know, you have to actually go through the process of proving that you are who you are and you say you've done the things that you've said that you could do. Yeah. And and I think, I mean, still, no matter what, if you're looking at coaches and you're trying to figure out who you want to work with, whether it's for a remote job or for something else, look at what their, their clients say. Like always try to find those testimonials and because even a 
badge indicator like Forbes, it's great. But, you know, you can get published in Forbes these days. You don't necessarily have to do anything really, really special. Like you can get published. You can find the ways into the organization. But the important thing if, if you're evaluating someone is go look at what their clients are saying in public about them. That's where I think that being a coach has has been the most fulfilling. I had a client text me right before our call. I'm going to read to you what he texted me. Literally at 10, 11 a.m., your process is the best. I found a company called, I'm going to leave the company name out. It's a hot travel tech startup. They allow people to work remotely in the UK or anywhere in Spain, and they support relocation from anywhere in the world. I followed your process, submitted my info last night, and already have an interview tomorrow. Boom. Can we just, I don't want to pick up the mic, but I would drop it if I could. <laughs> don't break the mic, but, but that's, but that's what you want too. Cause that feel that like gives you that satisfaction and that like, cause man, it's a big deal. Like if you get a remote job and it's a good job and it's with a company that you like and like, it can fucking change your life, man. It's a big deal for people. And I think that, you know, by helping people to get to that point and to help them get their remote job, like you're having a massive impact on people's lives. And that's a real stand up thing, man. You know what I mean? It's something to be proud of and, and something that I imagine you would feel a lot of gratitude for the people who go through the process and follow the process and uh, send you messages like that. Yeah. I had a couple of, a couple of clients in the last year who both had living situations that they were at. One was able to stay in Hawaii. She's a Canadian resident but was able to stay in Hawaii because she could work remotely the other wanted to move to Atlanta and the position that she got allowed her to move to Atlanta another woman I worked with she's just miserable like miserable with the toxic work environment that's one of the biggest ones is if you're completely miserable in your work environment and then you go to a remote company that actually gives a shit about you and all of a sudden you have the flexibility and you have the support and it's like I talked to her a month later and she was like this is the best thing that's ever happened to me that's the stuff man it that's the stuff for sure it's fulfilling. There's a selfish part of it that my ego loves it and I can put it online for other people. But damn, like much deeper than that and, and much deeper than the ego stuff, it's it's a real fulfillment to know that I made an impact on someone's life. And anybody out there who knows what that feeling is, you know, when, when you just really have made an impact on someone, there's nothing better. It's amazing, Jordan. So look, Thank you. It has been a, an insightful and interesting interview. Uh, you're, you're a cool character. So if people want to connect with you online, where's the best place for them to go? TheRemoteJobCoach.com be the best best plot. You can, you can find all my social media there and, and uh, check out the website. That's it. And, and YouTube as well. Like I said, you've got a whole, uh, you know, be ready for a binge because you'll be, you've got a lot, you've, you've got a good few cool videos, man. Like, so when you go there, I'll make sure to link to everything in the comments. You'll be able to click out from Spotify, YouTube, uh, the website uh, over at digitalnomadcafe.com. Thank you, Jordan. Appreciate it. It's been uh, fun. Amazing, Adam. Good luck on the, on the journey without alcohol as well, man. Easy, but it's, it's got to be tough to be stuck inside in a, in a freeze box over, over there. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. Head over to the website to access the resources and links mentioned in today's episode at digitalnomadcafe.com.